podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. A very special edition of the Spurs show. It's the end of season review show. Live. Everyone said that word live. Live from the Beehive N17. It's so lovely. It's our first live show since March with John Pratt, wasn't it? For uh, this is a Spurs show season ticket holder event. It was John Pratt, wasn't it? Back in March. And was locked down like a week after. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but this is like the first time I've been out in four months. So. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thank you so much for joining us at home. We're going to do a very special show tonight, looking back at one of the weirdest seasons I can remember as a Spurs fan. Uh, joining me tonight is my co-host, Theo Delaney. Good oy, evening. Oy, oy. <laughs> nice to see you out, Theo. And also joining us, a gentleman who lives up the road in Edmonton, was on the show one of the first people to say potch out in his wonderful uh, rap song Letter to Spurs. Miche is here. How are you, Miche? I'm fine, thank you. Yay. Good to see you. And also returning. And the last time we were here at the Beehive, we did a it was transfer deadline day, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and, and our, guest, our next guest is sadly was in hospital. Uh, he's much better now, thank God. Uh, played for the club 1978 to 85. And then again... 93 to 95, FA Cup, UEFA Cup winner, Mickey Hazard joins us. <laughs> so what we're going to do tonight um, is a bit of a whistle-stop tour of the season we've had, which, I mean, we started in basically 11 months ago when the season wow, started. So we're going to go back because, I mean... We've been doing this podcast since 2007. So we started when um, Harry had just been appointed. No, 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 no before no, that. Joel uh, was there. Joel was there. Joel, was there. Joel left. Ramos came Ramos, in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a, basically, it's a bit of a soap opera. Yeah. But this season <laughs> has been the biggest kind of soap opera. And uh, we're going to run through um, the season. I mean, Theo, I mean, starting off, the Champions League final, you, well, you saw half of it. You were one of those poor <laughs> sods that you were on that flight. Yeah. Was it the Thomas, Thomas Cook flight? The Thomas it? Cook flight, yeah. yeah. Thomas Cook subsequently went bust, <laughs> uh, which just seemed like the poetic, correct ending to the whole fiasco. Yeah, so the, yeah, that was what, that's what preceded the season. So on the one hand, we were all disappointed because we'd lost the, the, the Champions League final. Uh, some of us were still completely suffering from a nervous exhaustion from the travelling. But... There was another thing, which was we'd gone on to a new level. We'd, 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 we'd been in the Champions League final, not in the whole long and illustrious history of Tottenham Hotspur. We'd been in the last two, in the, uh, you know, as cha- contending for the Champions of Europe. So we went into the season, I think, 
completely naively and misguidedly with we're going to kick on we're going to kick on amount of optimism <laughs> especially true. as we bought a couple of players expensive players yeah Lo and Ndombele so we're thinking here we go you know set with top two in Europe new season finally some players let's go Michelle were you pleased with the signings Ndombele came in who you know yeah. a big reputation yeah. done brilliant Leon. Uh, Sessignon, brilliant at Fulham. Lacelso, I think most people knew more, less about. But as a Spurs fan, we used to think, well, this is, this is yeah, I mean, a good pre-season. It goes back to what, what Dio said. I mean, it was, a, it was a level of optimism. I mean, optimism for me wasn't the right word. I was, I was bragging everywhere. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it was more so braggadocio. And, you know, I, I was almost certain that we would at least get, at least get top four. Do you mm. know what I mean? Going into the season. Mm. So the confidence, my confidence level at the start of the season was sky high. Mm. Mickey, I mean, as an ex-player, I mean, yeah, thankfully you didn't lose many finals, in fairness, at, at Tottenham. So it's a weird one. But obviously, putting your player's head on, Champions League final, you lost it. Of course you're going to be low as a player. Uh, fans were low. Everyone who works at Spurs were low. But, you know, there's still that time to build things up. The new season, fresh faces come in. So if you're a bit like my position's safe, someone's now up to your position. All that must be good for pre-season, surely. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't get, gain confidence from reaching a Champions League final um, and why we didn't perform as we can and as we had done throughout the previous four years, really, um, if, if, if you don't get confidence, then you, you're not um, a very confident person. I mean, I, I lost the final once um, and it didn't matter. We went on and won the FA Cup and, and had a fantastic season. So it, when you lose a final, one, one, it's a test of your character to bounce back from it. And, and in football, what you have to remember is that throughout your football career, you are taught to bounce back. If, if, you, if you haven't got bounce back ability, you haven't got, you're not going to be a footballer because you lose games one week and then you have to bounce back the following week. So I, like the guys have said, I went into the... And, and I, am a, a, so I tend to be more overly of optimistic than sort of pessimistic. So I went into the season thinking, we're going to win everything. <laughs> but then I always do. Yeah. Um, particularly as we'd built a, a squad of players that had played so bloody well over the yeah. previous period. So um, every Spurs fan went into the start of last season. Um, they must have felt as I did on, on cloud nine, mm. we'd reached the Champions League final. We didn't actually win it, but we could have. Um, and had very incredibly high hopes. And, but often with Spurs over the years, the higher our hopes get built up, the more we get knocked down. But so, no, no one foresaw what happened um, in the last season. Uh, just to remind people, first game was Villa at home, newly promoted... Uh, and funny enough, we went a goal down, and from memory, it was a ball over the top, sort of, <laughs> sort of highlighting Aurier in that position and whatever over the top of his head, which we subsequently know most teams targeted a lot of that season. We came back, Kane scored two, and Dombele scored. Remember yeah. on his debut, game, oh, yeah. this is a player. <laughs> this is fantastic. So the start wasn't bad, and the second game there, if you remember, we went to Man- we went to the Champions Manchester City. And got a battling two-all draw yeah. with Lamella and, and Mora uh, scoring. And we thought, this is a good, solid start to the season. Absolutely. Yeah. But then, of course, losing at home to Newcastle well, that was, the third, was the third game. And that was the point at which you thought, because that day we were not good. We were poor and you just thought, 
Mm. Actually, those opening games, really good results. But Villa, we've scored those goals late on. City, I mean, they absolutely murdered us throughout, basically, <laughs> didn't they? And then, uh, and it was the starts. And then, uh, I mean, that Arsenal draw was just, I mean, the derby is, the form book goes out the window. And then it started to unravel pretty quickly, I think. I mean, the Palace game was a great game. And then after that, it started to go wrong. But even though you say unravel, Michelle, it, it's kind of, no one kind of saw... I mean, how many years have we seen us lose to a Newcastle at yeah. home? Yeah. We've had all the possession. They get a goal. Yeah. I don't think many Spurs fans thought... this. No one was saying potch out at this stage. No, if you look at the season no, no, before, no. a lot of people now say the Champions League run master performances. Yeah. Yeah. But no one at this... I'm sorry, no one at this stage was going... Potch has got no, to go. It, no, it wasn't no. in the narrative. It wasn't was even. It? Yeah, it wasn't even in your, in your mind. I, it was like, like I said to what, to what Theo said again. Um, it was just kind of like highlighting. Okay, there, there's a there's a few you know poor performances and there's a few things that we need to rectify within the team. But it wasn't like I'm going to blame on the manager and he needs to leave. No, that's not that's not. Did you think, Mickey, at this stage that the manager would rectify these issues, these things that need to be worked? Oh, on? I had one hundred percent, one hundred percent faith in Potch. Yeah. I think he is. And will be an even better manager from this experience. But he's a great manager as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, I think that uh, the signs had set in the year before. Mm. Um, results were poor from the January onwards. Um, and the Champions League final, uh, get reaching the final, actually did cover up quite mm. a few cracks. Um, and we should have foreseen things um, a bit earlier than we did as fans because the Aston Villa game, for instance... Um, I don't know how we won the game. I think we brought Ericsson on mm. and that, that tipped the balance. We, we sort of took control of the game and, and then they, they folded a little bit. They got tired, um, Villa, but, but ultimately we didn't perform well on the day. As Theo says, Manchester City, they could have had six, seven, eight goals. And whereas the previous year in the Champions League quarterfinal, we could have had four or five. They could have had four or five. Mm. Um, things were a lot more close. We, we nicked the draw. And then, of course, Newcastle, as you say. But, but the signs were there that not all was well. Mm. And I, I sort of much rather think positive about the club. Uh, so I was sort of reluctant to say things weren't quite as, as smooth uh, as they were uh, or as they weren't because I thought that, you know, I was often asked the question, has he lost the dressing room? Mm. I find it hard to believe that he could have lost the dressing room having two months, three months earlier been in the Champions League the final. Wasn't it? Incredible. It's like a family, I, I've it? always said that this this team, this squad of players, reminded me of the early eighties yeah. when we had built, when Keith had built a team, and not just a team, he built a squad, which is important, and he built a squad of togetherness. Everybody was pulling the same way, not just the players themselves, not in the team, not just the the players outside the team, but also the kit man, the the laundry lady, the security yeah. guy. Everybody was pulling the same way. And I got the same vibe in this sort of four-year period yeah. that this club was going heading for success because that vibe was everybody within the club was going in the same direction. Mm. And then all of a sudden, almost overnight, following the Champions League final, it sort of disintegrated before our very eyes and we were all reluctant to admit to it. Theo, uh, Mickey mentioned that Ericsson, that was yeah. the other factor, almost from the beginning of the season, yeah. that we knew he, he wanted to go and yet Poch at the time was on the bench a lot, came on, didn't really affect yeah. things, started certain games, didn't look interested and, you know, you kind of forget in his pomp, one, he was our creative force. Yeah. He was the one player in that midfield that 
could make things happen. Yeah. And that had now just gone from the side. Yeah, I mean, I think on reflection, the mistakes that were made were to do with contracts and recruitment. And Ericsson being a really good example, because if you think about it, when Levy uh, arrived, uh, it coincided approximately, shortly after he arrived, uh, Sol Campbell left on the, you know, the infamous Sol Campbell departure. And after that, he ne- no one ever left on a Bosman, ever, because he was so on it on contracts and stuff. I just felt like last few years building that stadium he's working 24 7 on the stadium and everything that possibly he was distracted and he allowed Ericsson and others Vertonghen Alderweireld to get to the end too close to the end of their contracts so he wasn't he hadn't moved them on but he hadn't got them that they hadn't signed new contracts either and Ericsson was the biggest problem of all because Ericsson as you say was uh, such an important player and Fair enough with Ericsson. I often think in these situations, there's no one, no one's really to, you point fingers, but no one's really to, I don't blame Levy for being extremely busy, you know, and I don't blame Ericsson for wanting to play for another club in another country. You only get a certain amount of years as a, but, you know, once he's decided he wants to go, you've got to move him on pretty quickly or yeah. you've got to get him to sign again. But you don't want him going into the last year of his contract because then you don't want to pick him because you doubt his commitment. You doubt his, is he really going to give it everything? And, and the, certainly the fans last season were, the fans were doubtful his, the fans about his commitment. His yeah, they were doubtful and about his commitment. And you can't blame them because no, you the can't. performances were And these things, this is what happens. This is what happens. Free if you kicks, allow the these corners. Things, if you allow shocking. it to happen. And that's, that was one of the big problems for me, I felt. And Vertonghen and Alderweireld as well. There was all this speculation. As it's turned out, Alderweireld did sign another one. Vertonghen's been let go. Mm-hmm. But all of those players, if you think of those, just those three, they were so incredibly important. The two yeah. at the back and him being the creative there. And that just starts to unravel. And I think that if you're Pochettino, obviously, you want a dynamic, ever-evolving squad. Then you want your best players to stay. You want to move people on if they're not happy or if, they're, or if you can get better. You want to keep bringing people in. It wasn't really happening. And I think, I think the thing about Pochettino, as I said a lot at the time, is that he lost his faith in the project, that, le- that, that w- whether it was right for him. Yeah. And as... Uh, and as People don't want to say this. In fact, when Ozzy was in this very room, I asked him, and he, and he was almost amazed that I'd asked him. But I said, do you really think Pochettino wanted to stay? And he said, of course, of course. But I think football managers don't resign. When was the last time a big football manager resigned? Mm. But that doesn't mean they all want to stay. Yeah. If you resign, you say, here's 10 million quid. You keep it. it, I'm off. Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's just not realistic. Yeah. So Pochettino, I think, was on a work to rule because I think he felt like, because of the contracts and the recruitment and everything, and once the manager's on a work to rule, he was such a spiritual leader. He was like yeah. a... That once he's on a work to rule, it permeates everything. And what Mickey yeah. said is so right. With Pochettino... He'd conjured this incredible spirit of togetherness like we hadn't seen for years and years and years. But when it, when it comes, when it, when it leaves him, it leaves everyone. And I think that's what happened. That's why the season started going wrong. That's why, although I never said Poch out, and not many people did because we loved him and we still love him. But mm. it was inevitable, I think, that he had to go. We, we then had uh, the Champions League started. Again, to remind people, we went to Olympiacos away 2-2 again and, uh, 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 you know coasting gave it away that gave away two quick goals then there was uh, the defeat at Leicester who at that stage were doing very well just to remind people again we were going up but then we had the first VAR decision against the OEA I think it was a perfectly good goal but, yeah, but it was chalked off for I can't remember now something yeah. else going on yeah Son. Yeah, Son, that's Son right. Was, was offside, yeah. Offside. No, yeah, no, 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 but, to, but to be fair to VAR, 
one of his nose hairs was just over the line. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, that sickening last-minute goal, Madison last-minute goal. Yeah. And even that defeat, we kind of went, oh, we played well, we played well, we played well. that well. was the last time we played really, really well, I yeah. thought, where we really were giving it everything and then, we looked then, like seriously. Michel, then we had the debacle at Colchester. Uh, whereby, okay, a weakened team were playing Colchester um, and we went out on penalties. And again, you know, another possible trophy. I mean, you know, we've... We've lost to some lower teams over the league uh, over the years, but yeah. that was a real signal, that was a wasn't low, it? Low blow. That was a low blow. Um, yeah. And I can, you know, refer further. We've had um, we had another match, obviously in the FA Cup with Norwich. I don't want to go too much mm. into detail, but um, overlooking the season, I think you're right as well. We've lost to a few lower league teams that you wouldn't expect us to lose yeah. to. You know what I mean? I think one of the problems with losing to lower league teams is 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 number one, you're out of a cup competition that potentially you could win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you have to be honest, honest about modern day football is it's much easier to win the whatever it's called now the Coca-Cola the League Cup whatever it Cowbell. is I always call it the League Cup but yeah. and, and the FA Cup they're all much easier to, to win nowadays mm. as against my days where everybody wanted to win them and everybody mm. put out their strongest team now nowadays the rotation system means the vast majority of teams put, or, or the, certainly the bigger teams put out weaker teams so, so I always look at um, and, and if we want to sort of examine Tottenham Hotspur Football Club over the last four to five years, one of the most difficult things in football is to win trophies. Mm. There's only three domestic trophies to be won. Yeah. Um, so it's incredibly difficult because you're competing with lots of other big clubs as well who want to win that trophy as well. So, so if you get given an opportunity um, to win maybe one of the lesser competitions, it doesn't matter psychologically because as a player... Once you get over the line in any in any cup competition and you win it, that then gives you to the belief that you know, well, the next time you arrive in that situation, I've been there, I've seen it, I've done it, and I can do it again. Yeah. Uh, and I'm talking through experience of the early 80s. We won three cups in, in three and a half years. So I, I know that without that first cup, the rest might not have been possible. And that's the one thing that I feel this great Spurs team that we had um, and might never be regarded as a great Spurs team in the future, a bit like the 87 team. Yeah. Um, unbelievable team, 87, by the way. Mm. Uh, but as never mentioned as one of the great Spurs teams because it never got over the line. Yeah. Uh, and that's a tragedy because I, I genuinely believe if Poch had got over the, side, the line in one of the lesser trophies, that paves the way to get over the line in a big, tr- you know, in the championship mm. or in the. Um, uh, Champions League or something so it's uh, I always worried when we put a weaker team out and we get knocked out of Colchester that's an opportunity it's another cup that you're sort of giving away without a, without a run at you know get over the line give yourself the confidence and belief that, and Poch as, as well as a manager he'd not won a trophy as a manager mm-hmm. so for him it would have uplifted his spirits and gave him the confidence belief that he's not just building a project his project is bearing fruit yeah. Um, and if it had got over the line in one of the lesser trophies, it, for me, certainly, it would have led to bigger trophies. Uh, and I don't go for the argument that, well, you know, we're in the Champions League every year. We've never been in the... Yeah, but we still haven't won anything. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I love Poch and I would have him back tomorrow. He's that great a man and that, that great a manager. He's unbelievable, honestly. But I just wish that he'd committed more to winning the League Cup or the FA Cup and then you can start attacking the bigger things because you've now got yourself an inner belief that you can yeah. do it. Mm, totally agree. Um, then, well, we're going to discuss the next game again. I mean, it goes down in history. 
bizarre nights against Bayern Munich after this very short break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back from the very short break. Um, the game at home to Bayern Munich, Theo... I remember at half-time going down to the concourse and saying, that's the best 45 minutes we played this season. Yeah. yeah. We were 2-1 up and then gave away another, bit like Arsenal, um, Ferris, Leicester, another last-minute goal, yeah. albeit in the first half. But that first half, we were really good. Yeah. We were yeah. yeah. What, went, mean, what, what happened? What went wrong? Well, it was one of those nights where all of their chances went in, basically, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, and, From and the ex-Guna Gnabry. Once, once you've let in, yeah, I mean, once you've let in five, I mean, it's just, it's only, I mean, the confidence is obviously, it was a weird game. Sometimes games like that happen where, I don't think it was an accurate reflection of the quality of the sides and the way they play. But the trouble is, of course, that doesn't matter because once it's happened, psychologically, it's a massive problem if you've lost, if you've shipped seven at home, even if you've played well. I mean, who are you gonna, who's going to listen to you? Well, Michelle, that's when, I mean, I, the, the, obviously Brighton, that's when you did your song, which went crazy, Let yeah. It to Spurs. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact you, you had to write and perform a song about it. Yeah, it, it clearly affected you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it was Nabri going on Twitter as well. And he said North London is is still red, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that wound me up. That wound up every and you know it's just a group chat, and then you go into work, and then you know what I mean. You're wearing the jacket, everyone's looking at you weird, and you know what I mean. And it was like it was that it was all of those things coming together, and it was like yeah. you know you're an artist. What you, what do you want? How are you going to express yourself? And then it's, it was just funny the way it came about because. You know, you, you don't really hear it. You don't really hear it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And once I'd done it, it, it even felt funny. But it felt good. But it was like it, it was like I got away from my chest, and it was just yeah, it's quite yeah. cathartic, wasn't it? And then, <laughs> I mean, you mentioned Mickey there, the bounce back ability. We then went to Brighton. I think most Spurs fans, even the most pessimistic Spurs fans, went, "Well, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly see a reaction now." And then Hugo made the mistake, got stretched off same yeah. game. Yeah. Connolly, the young Brighton kid, who barely played a game this season, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just shows you these players come from nowhere. Do, yeah. do, Dr. Tottenham are in town. Yeah. They'll do it again. That was when I think people started going... He, I, think, I don't think many people were saying, I want him to go, but people now started going, he could go now. Yeah. I can now see Levy getting rid of him. Yeah. Well, the tragedy was, you're correct, the, the, the first off against Bayern Munich, I actually thought we were sensational. I thought for the first half an hour, we were creating chance. That we were opening them up for fun, could have scored a number of goals and, and, and actually came in at half time and I thought, wow, that was absolutely a brilliant off from us. Yeah. 
at the end of the game, I was absolutely gobsmacked and shell-shocked. Yeah. So if, if you try to put yourself in, in the player's position, the sort of, they must have felt at half-time they were playing brilliantly and yeah. they had a great chance to go on and win the game comfortably. I, I didn't think much of Bayern. And then second half, as you touched on, Thea, that um, once they've got the, the fourth and, and the fifth, the game, and I talk from experience as well, is that every time I'm four and five nil up, I'm showboating. I'm giving it large. There's nobody can get near me because I've got a four-goal cushion. I'm going to try things and do things that maybe if it was 1-1, I wouldn't try and do. So you know, the confidence you gain from that three, four-goal cushion, it, honestly, it's, 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 it's unbelievable, the confidence. I've, I've, I've played in teams where we're... It's just unbelievable. Every player thinks the the Messi. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. Yeah. When, when I was leading, I got the ball, I could get on the ball, I'd put my foot on it and I'd think, come and get it, come on, come on, just one more step and I'm gone. And, I, and, and nobody can get near me, all because my confidence is, is up there because of three or four, five nil up, you know. Um, so the buying team, obviously a very, very good side, they had got so much confidence once they'd got them, as Theo said as well, every, every, every chance went in the back of the net and they just grew and grew. Sage, you're right, mate. They just grew and grew and grew and it was almost became an unstoppable force. So the players in the dressing room after the game must have been thinking, wow, we've just had the pasting of our lives, but actually for 35, 40 minutes, we've played them off the park. And then you've got to go to Brighton um, which is a, it's a win game. Well, you, a win you're not game. going to Brighton thing, and ever it? believing that I'm not going to win. No. It's as simple as that. Uh, and then you go from you know, Hugo getting injured um, early. Mm. Suddenly a, a, disaster, a disaster is before us. And, and then what happens then is that you, your mind switches to the, the second half against Bayern Munich. Here we go again. Mm. You know, and this is where the bounce back ability factor and Sedgil vouch for this comes in is that you must believe that you're going to have bad days along the way. You're going to have bad results along the way. And you must bounce back from them, from them the next game because it's in, you cannot carry it with you. Your mind can never wander backwards. You know, the, the, the game is about the present, um, not about the past. And, and buying was in the past, but it's very difficult when suddenly things are going wrong in the next game, following Bayern, not to think back. Uh, and and I, I honestly believe that from the, uh, the Hugo getting his injury, suddenly the, the players were thinking, here we go again, it's another Bayern. And of course, um, from there it sort of just but, deteriorated. But also, Theo, the, the style of football we forget at the end of Pochettino was pretty poor. Because yeah, I mean, we then went Watford at home, another team now relegated, a one or draw at Watford, and you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see any... Yeah, I mean, you couldn't see players G each other up. Exactly. We've been said for many years at Tottenham, there's not enough leaders on that pitch that give each other a bollocking and a coating and yeah, whatever. Yeah. Everyone's hiding. You can see people don't quite want the ball. It was just but, a but, real but mess, Pochettino's wasn't it? whole style was based on, as we know, unbelievable <coughs> commitment and energy and positivity and, and the, press, the press and the gone. high press. The press it's is a gone similar style. It all comes from the Bielsa thing. And if you look at Liverpool and you look at Man City, is what they, and there were three great managers and three great teams 18 months ago, you know. 
Liverpool, Man City and Tottenham. Now there's only two. And, and Spurs were playing as well as them. They were going toe-to-toe with them and they were playing the same way. But as I say, once it, once it started to sap, away, sap out of Pochettino, it sapped out of the team. I mean, he was absolutely the big Duracell battery in the middle His of that team. His body language and the was God. Was it, going. It, it, the press conference was different. Yeah, and, and that you transmits. You could just see it. That it's transmits. Like, it's, it's, like it's, it's, it's an amazing point, and I, and I tell you for why, is that as a, as a person, I always, you know, and, and haven't been a coach at Spurs also, I've always said to every, anybody that I coach, listen, don't rely on me to give you confidence. Because just as me giving you confidence... It would also knock your confidence if I criticise you. Mm. So have your own self in a belief that you're a good player. And if I praise you, don't get high. And if I not criticise you, don't get low. Mm. Stay on that even keel of confidence. And what you're saying is that the players sort of evolved around Poch. And the fact that as it's sapped from Poch, it's sapped from all the players. So therefore, the message to the players should have been, look, don't rely on me mm. for your confidence and your belief. Mm. Have your own confidence and belief. Yes, there's a project going on, but ultimately, you've got to have your own confidence and your own self-belief in, in what we're doing mm. and not link it to me because you're right. As Poch started a sap, they the did. team sapped. Yeah. And that's wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it, it has to come... From you yourself, within, within confidence. Yeah. I'm not going to be dictated to by you saying you're a great player or I'm a bad player. Because if you say you're great and I get confident, just as much as if you say I'm a bad player, Plummet. it'll yeah. knock me. Yeah. So don't rely on either. Trust in your own ability and have your own self-belief. And, and that will stand you in good stead forevermore. Yeah. We had a couple of wins in the Champions League, a red star, but we just he couldn't turn things around the league. We lost to Liverpool 2-1, uh, a draw at... Uh, uh, gets Everton one all, and then a game I thought we were played off the park, which turned out to be his last game as Tottenham manager at home to Sheffield United. They had a VAR goal against them, a really good move. Yeah, we got quite a lucky goal from memory in the box. Sun scored, and we 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 left that ground going. We were lucky to get a point yeah. against yeah. at home to newly United. promoted yeah. Sheffield United, and I think a lot of people then feel. Well, fine enough, we did. We then got a call from Amazon, didn't we? Who were doing the documentary yeah. on Spurs, going, the next Poch game is away to West Ham. They kind of could... Obviously, they're filming the club. They know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Could this be Poch's last game? Is it a must-win game? And they came down to record us. Yeah. And we just packed up recording. We're walking back to <laughs> King's Cross right. Station. Yeah. And then it started coming through. Yeah. Poch sacked, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was... That night. What a night that was. Well, it was crazy. What a sequence of events. Yeah, that was a crazy But was clearly, crazy. clearly, Jose had been tapped up and was oh, ready, yeah, ready to come yeah. in. Yeah. Presumably, again, could be in any of those games. It was like, it was like on the same, the same day, during the day, it was like, what are the odds that Mourinho will be yeah. chosen yeah. as manager? It was, it was everywhere. Yeah. I, I remember um, the Liverpool game um, at Anfield, how we were winning. I think we were winning and we slipped, we, we, we let, let mm. that lead go. Mm. Um, and that one hit a bit harder because we thought Red Star would have a new form of confidence. Yeah. And then when we lost against Liverpool, it was like back down again. And then Sheffield was just, do you know what I mean? Even though we drew, we drew against Sheffield. You yeah, know? yeah. Sheffield played tremendous on the day, by no, the way. They did. No, no they, they did. But I mean, I turned up on the day thinking, oh, oh an easy three points today. You know, the promoted side and yeah. they were tremendous on the day. They deserved uh, They win. played with, yeah, yeah, they did. They, yeah. they dominated us. Yeah. They played with pace, with quality, yeah. um, with composure, which I wasn't expecting. 
I remember the Sheffield teams of the past, mm. up and under style. Yeah. Mm. This team was a very, very good side, and they've proved proved to be. Mm. Um, so, but when a play, when a manager goes as a player, you know, there's that old adage they go, "Oh, he's lost the dressing room." He kind of. Oh, he obviously lost the dressing room, but he kind of lost himself, didn't he? There's, as Theo alluded to, um, the, the confidence has, has sort of gone out of him as well. And it was almost I, inevitable, I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. I think that he retained his confidence. I think with Poch, he had a, a, exactly what I've just been talking about, an inner belief that what he was doing was right. Uh, and he was proved right over the years. Um, if not quite getting over the line, but he was proved right. He built a great, his project was starting to bear fruit, um, and, and and it didn't. But it was. It needed to be revitalised. Yeah, it just needed. He came out and said at the beginning, the beginning, the end of last the season before, we need to be brave. We need to do things in different ways. I mean, what, what, clearly, leave you get your checkbook out and get it out early. Yeah, which, yeah I which, mean, we'll never know, know what happened. You can argue he kind of did kind of pre-season did, yeah. with the players he brought in. But as Theo said, certain players weren't moves on. Ericsson, Rose. Um, Alderweireld, I know he re-signed a contract for Tongan. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Ericsson situation was incredibly sad. A player that had mm. sort of given his all to our football club, played some absolutely wonderful football for the club, uh, and um, should have been revered when he left, yeah. um, rather than sort of frowned upon because he'd totally lost his his form and his confidence. And in actual fact, I think that Ericsson today, it's Inter Milan, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it, it Inter Milan is suffering from. The last year at Spurs, uh, I feel like his confidence that was sort of scored from a corner a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he did. But he beat the first man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but his uh, <laughs> his confidence from his last sort of months at Spurs has affected him, and I'm not sure he's fully recovered from that. Um, and that's the importance of what I was talking just a few minutes ago about having an inner belief that doesn't rely on praise or criticism because one or the other will one will lift you, mm. one will knock you down. And I think with with Ericsson. I think that he, he, his form hasn't been great for Inter Milan. Um, and, and I think it's as a consequence of his, his, his last year at Spurs. It was a very tough period for him. And he was an absolutely smashing guy, a really lovely guy and a top quality footballer who, who just somehow wanted to experience pastures new. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, by announcing it, it put an incredible pressure on himself. Uh, and, and from that, he lost his confidence and his belief. And, of course, then the fans started to turn because his performances were very mm. poor. Um, and I, I, it's very sad. He mm. should be revered by our football club because he really was a top footballer mm. for, for us. Yeah. Um, so I feel sad whenever I think of Ericsson. Well, look, we then entered the Jose Mourinho period. And uh, for those of you listening at home, we're, we're going to uh, continue talking about that. Uh, you'll hear part two uh, next week. Uh, so for now, for those of you here at the Beehive, and we'll be back uh, to continue with the Jose period, uh, Mickey Hazard and Mitch A. <laughs> and for those of you at home, we'll be back next week with part two of the Spurs show review of the season. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got 90 seconds spare in your day, Come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.